Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Author's Journey, bringing you stories of authors in our community. My name is Moni Dujeji, and I'm your host. And today, I have with me a very interesting author who's also a publicist who has published well over 10 books in a category which I don't think a lot of people would necessarily appreciate right off the bat, and that is trivia. Together with Mark Tierney, he makes up the team that's called The Trivia Guys, and they have published many books. The most recent one, we are going of which we are going to speak about today. So, Randy Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm gonna, I feel like calling you Randy the Trivia Guy. Tell me, Randy, how did you get started in this whole world of, of writing and trivia and, and such? Well, we could spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> I mean, we they, only have I, a half, though. We have a half, <laughs> that's right. I'll be quick. So I'm a former <laughs> newspaper reporter. Okay. You know, I spent uh, 13 years with the London Free Press. And I went to Ryerson and U of T and took journalism at Ryerson. Okay. And, uh, you know, I always covered everything in my, my, my illustrious career with the London Free Press. Got sent to Ottawa yeah. uh, to cover Parliament Hill. Okay. And just before I got sent here, Mark Carney, his, his name's Carney, Mark oh, Carney, Carney, he was in London, okay. also a London Free Press reporter formerly. Yes. We got this idea to uh, start writing. We're, we're both music freaks, really. Okay. So it all started not with trivia, but with music. So we wrote a, a Canadian music column which we self-syndicated across the country. Okay, how uh, many years ago was this This now? was um, 1986, the column started in okay. September. And the first story was about Motherlode, a band that has some London, Ontario connections. Anyway, so what, how that happened was Mark was at my cottage, one day we're on the beach, and he shows me a copy of Rolling Stone magazine, and he says, look at what they're doing. They are doing Where Are They Now stories about American bands, like The Young oh. Rascals, The Grassroots, uh, etc. What we should consider doing a Canadian column, so we did. We okay. launched that column, ran for three years all over Canada, probably appeared in about 25 papers, but regularly every week in seven papers. Oh, wow. Including the London Free Press. So that ran its course, and we turned that into a, a, a bit of a book, which we can talk about later, self-published. Yeah. And then we were looking for another freelance opportunity, so we started a trivia column okay. uh, called, um, well, it had various names, It's a Fact, and, and anyway, it appeared in a bunch of papers, Toronto Star, uh, occasionally the... Sun, the citizen, all over the place. Uh, maybe not the citizen. And okay. anyway, so just like the music book, we end up getting a f back then. There were no, no, in there was no internet, no computers, right? Right. right. So a file, full, a filing cabinet full of material. What are you going to do with it? You start. You say book. Okay. So we wrote uh, nine, uh, eight books uh, that are trivia, history related. Yeah. Well, what is it specifically about trivia? Whether it's uh, whether it's in music, whether it's um, Canadiana, what is it about trivia specifically that appeals to you? Well, the thing is, when we first started writing the trivia columns, Trivial Pursuit was a hot game. Okay, you know, that's it was very true. hot. A lot yep. of people made a lot of money on that. Yeah. <laughs> not me. And so we just thought, well, here is a an, a freelance writing opportunity because I mean, I was mm. with the Free Press, I was making money, a salary, and so and Mark at that point, I think, had left the paper. But we're always looking for other things to do. So, and if you can make a bit of money on the side, so. At that point, trivia just fit. It was something we could take advantage of and, and okay. have some fun with. But, you know, you're right. Earlier, before we started talking, you said, you know, trivia is not taken seriously. It isn't. But, when you look, for example, the Globe and Mail, yeah. even though this book right here yes, the great was Canadian. on the Globe and Mail bestseller list in 1999 for five weeks, they wouldn't touch it with a review. Why is because that? Because trivia is not, when you see the word trivia in a title, even though it isn't in the, that book title, right, right. Um, it's not taken seriously. It's, well, trivia is trivial. You know, it's right? Trivial. It almost, almost has that but our books are not like that. If, yeah. you, if you look at them, it's not a game of trivial pursuit. We 
ask a question and we give a very detailed answer. Mm -hmm. So I, I prefer to call our books trivia slash history books. Okay. And, and so why trivia, why we got yeah. into that, I mean, we were reporters, right? Former, but we were newspaper reporters. You, you, you're curious, you, you think of something and you want the darn answer to it and you don't, it's like a dog with a bone. We don't stop until we get the answer. And so the whole goal of all of these books, including the new one, yeah. you want someone to read the book and you want them to say, I didn't know that. And that we hear that all the time with our books. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. So we, we, we write about Canada in a trivial format, but right. we're, we're just as serious about Canadian history as anybody else. Right, because I, you know, I, I did read through the, your latest book, which we're going to talk about, and it is very intensive. It's not as if it's a, you know, what, ha, you know, who this person, and then a very brief paragraph. Yeah. There is a lot so it's of not information. A game of trivial pursuit. No, no, they're, they're no. Serious. That's right. It is history. It yeah. is very research intensive. So that's yeah. something that uh, you're right. Um, there is there is a lot more to it than just simply trivia, as you say. Um, now let's let's talk about your most recent book, which is uh, as, the, as years the years go, go by. by. Yeah. Yes. So you know what inspired that particular book? You mentioned that you had been. Is it because of the column that you were writing? Well, no, it's not actually. There's there's two two parts to the story. Okay. Two parts to the story. Part one is when I grew up in Scarborough, Ontario, in Toronto. Yeah. Um, went to like most people in that era. You went. You had high school dances, church dances, community center dances. You. That's right. Once you were of age, you hit the downtown bars. The generator, the chimney, docks, pub. So I, we, I grew up with all a lot of the bands that are in the book. So yeah. is this was is are you a music aficionado? Do you love music? Well, is aficionado bands? is a bit strong. But okay. I, you could call me that if you like. I'm also a wannabe drummer. <laughs> okay. But I have drums in my townhouse, and you don't always play them because <laughs> it ticks off the neighbors. But anyway, so developed this love for music. So we, I danced with the woman who had become my wife under the <laughs> basketball nets in the high school to these live bands, right? Yeah. So you sort of like, developed the music, you bought their records, you know, in the old days for two ninety nine at Zellers right. or Kresge's. That's right. So, so part that, the music's there, part that, then we got to go through and become a writer, a reporter, okay. and it just seemed obvious or natural at, at some point that um, if we were going to do some freelance work, we would consider music, and then Mark comes up with this Rolling Stone idea, they're doing Americans, nobody's doing Canadians, so right. we launched the column. And how did you find Mark? Was he just a, a childhood no, like a buddy? No, at the Free Press. Uh, we were both, free press. We're both young lads at the Free Press, rookie reporters in the old days, Okay. the late 70s. So I have to ask you this, what was the first concert that you actually remember attending? The first ever concert you, you remember attending? Well, it would probably be... Um, at my high school, and it, it, it was a band <laughs> called the Christopher Edward Campaign at Wexford Collegiate. But okay. that's, that's the first, that wasn't, it was a dance, but the real biggie that I, yeah. was Deep Purple at the Rock Pile in Toronto. Okay. And the Doobie yes. Brothers at Massey Hall. I do remember the Doobie yeah. Brothers, yeah. because yeah. that does come Fang, from my generation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from my generation band, as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 So, um, the, all your books, and not just this most recent one, are very research intensive, as we talked about. Um, how, how is it that you're able to get so much content and find all of these people? Because I imagine a lot of these books were written before the age of just Google, where well, you can just Google uh, yes. everybody, right? Yeah, that point has to be made. When we wrote these books, you didn't click on something and, and, and so let's say you were saying why is the Canadian flag red and white or yeah. what's the history of the Canadian flag? You didn't go to your computer and push a button. You actually went to a library. Remember libraries? I do. So when I worked <laughs> at Parliament Hill, the Parliamentary Library was an incredible resource. 
Okay. But you know, being reporters, you know, the, we go back to that dogged determination. But let's let's talk about the music book for a second. Yeah. So, when we were first writing that, the whole idea was build a list of contacts, and, and every writer does this now. So one thing would lead to another. So you'd meet a guy, so like Richard Patterson of the Esquires, the late Richard Patterson, who worked at CBC. He, I talked to him and I'd say, I'm going to do a story about your band. So he tells me the story. By the way, do you know where anybody in the five-man electrical band is from Ottawa? So he gives me the name. And, I, and what about this band, that band? So from him, I probably got the names of about 30 bands. And then wow. out of those 30 bands, when wow. you do an interview, uh, you would say, well, do you know where so-and-so is? And so the ball just gets rolling. And then we would also go to trade uh, music unions, phone them up, say, do you know where uh, Ken Tobias is or, or mm -hmm. so-and-so? Uh, George Oliver, the Mandela, and you know, it was just basic reporting in those days. It wasn't click and find. That's a that's a, a lot of work, and then, but as you say, this is uh, being journalists yourselves, yeah. being reporters themselves. This is like getting a great story, yeah, and yeah. then and then say, okay, let's just see how you know how we can flesh this out completely. Yeah. So, how many hours do you figure it takes to write each one of these books? Well, one book would take about a year. But the music book. The music was book. How long? How long did the music book take you to read, to to, to research? Well, uh, well you got to remember most of the we wrote all these columns in the eighties, and we we okay. just updated them, so it's not a good one. But let's say like this book here, the Great yeah. Canadian Book of Lists, that would have taken about a year. And, and and where do you get your information? Like honestly, did you say the just the library, just going and saying I'm going to well, research lists? Very proud to say that the music book we interviewed, there's 150 separate stories in there. Yep. Musicians, uh, solo in, in bands, uh, producers, uh, promoters. We talked to them all. So, so like, now I have to clarify, a band like Lighthouse has 12 members. We didn't talk to all 12 members. Right. But if there's anything in that book, any band, any individual person, we talked to a member or two of each group. So personal interviews. Personal interviews. Yeah, yeah, personal interviews. And now the back to the other stuff. So, so Mark and I are a great team. It might, some authors might think working together, at writing might be like a bad marriage, fighting all the time. But no, yeah. we, we get along great. We come up with a list of ideas we're going to do in a book. Okay. And then we divide it in half. He's more artsy than I am. He would rather do stuff about movies. Right. I would do more hockey, business, right. politics than him. So it, it always works perfectly. We come up with the list, we divide it in half, and then we go at it. Okay. And then we compare our stories, and there's a little bit of bickering about, yeah, I don't like that, that, you know, <laughs> you did too much work, but generally it always works out really well. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm, I'm part one of a duo, and with my husband, um, Ooh, that's, a challenge. that's definitely a challenge, yeah. we, uh, we come up with the ideas together, and we try to divide the work, but it doesn't end up being that way. It ends up being like a, a, co a collaboration where one person writes, another person contributes, yeah. and it's a continual kind of, it's a continual negotiation. Yeah. It's a continual negotiation of, okay, what's going to go in this book? I don't agree with that. Um, I yep. think this is better. Did you, ha did you yeah. go through the well, same kind of yeah, thing? It, but in the, bo the bottom line is it always works for us. We've written 10 books together, and we've never yeah. had a, a major dispute. <laughs> and you're still friends after yeah, all these very, years. Very close friends, yeah. yeah. Very close and I'm happy to say I'm still married after that's having good. gone through yes, four that, books with my yeah, own yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah, that's good <laughs> but it does, hear. you know, it does definitely, these kinds yeah. of situations definitely test your friendships, yeah. you know. And well, I'll uh, say, yeah. I'll say uh, one of the things that uh, I know that has helped um, for any aspiring authors who are working in partnerships is this, for us anyways, is this idea that it's not about me or him, it's about the story. Yeah. What story are you trying to tell and which perspective is going to actually support the story? story. Yeah. 
that you're going to be writing about. That's true. But yeah. from a process point of view, I think when you work as a team, what you have to understand is that there has to be this underlying rule, unwritten rule that you don't even talk about, that if you do so, uh, too much work here, yeah. the other person, they just know that if I ask you to do a bit more work, you'll do it to, to even things out without asking a question. You yeah. don't complain to the other guy. You don't say, why? why sh you just know it's your turn to do more work and you do it. And so that keeps the bickering at a minimum. Yeah, well, you know, you're very fortunate to have found uh, a partner, a writing partner, yeah. who you're able to have this kind of seamless relationship with. And, uh, you know, obviously this is a relationship that you've had over many, many years yeah. to be able to get yeah. to that level of he, he reads your mind. 40 almost. years almost. It's ridiculous. That's, yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. I, I want to continue this conversation with you. We do have to take a quick break. Okay. So uh, please stay tuned, everyone, as we continue our conversation with Randy Ray of the Trivia Guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to The Author's Journey, where I'm continuing my intriguing conversation with Randy Ray, who makes up one of the duo that is the trivia guys, who have written 10 different books related to different aspects of Canadian trivia. And specifically today, we're talking about his latest book, which is As the Years Go By, but all the bands that are in Canada. And I must admit, when I read through the book, I was amazed at the number of bands. Like, I will admit, most of them I did not recognize. Okay. who they were. <laughs> I was not in that Canadian uh, music scene as much as you were, obviously, but I had no idea of the, the talent that exists in this country and just how many bands were out there. Well, Truly. it's unbelievable. I, yeah. I think one of the things in the book that we like to point out, we like to amaze people a little bit, as we discussed earlier, is that, you know, Canadians, I guess on a more general theme, Canadians have left their mark all over the world. I don't know yeah. how many people know that, uh, this is going back a bit, and yeah. it may not be your era, but member of the Young Rascals was, is from Ottawa. They did the a song Rascals, called no. Good Lovin' and no. a bunch of good songs. And then a member of the Mamas and Papas, you probably know that, that Danny Doherty, which is one okay. of my favorite interviews. Is that, why, why is that? Why was he one of your favorite interviews? Well, what happened there? I mean, oh, wow. The guy, the Mamas and Papas were a huge band for a couple of years. I mean, ma ma massive, you know? Yes. And they struggled yes. like most bands hmm. in New York and, you know, um, coffee scene and all that, and then suddenly, bingo, they hit it. Uh, and then went to LA and, and Doherty met John Lennon. He talked, I mean, just the stories, the names he dropped, unbelievable stories, and then how the band broke up. And that, that was yeah. a, that band, there was a lot of social interaction between members, which you can't talk about on a family <laughs> TV show. Yes. But um, that, that was one of my best interviews. But yeah. uh, you're asking me about themes. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know because, you know, obviously um, you're speaking to. Um, a lot of people, a lot of musicians, and I, I'm sure that there are people who are watching this who aspire also to yep. be musicians one day in their lives, and they look at these uh, at these people and they go, "Wow, you know, not only have they made it, but they they must have so many different stories and yep. perspectives to share." <coughs> well, so that's, that's a really good question. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, because this book really is aimed at 50 plus crowd because they they remember these bands. If you're 22 years old. You've never heard of half the bands in this book, but the thing is, if you're a drummer, bass player, whatever, yeah. and you're coming up the pipe with a band, and you read this book, you're going to see some of the same stuff that you're going to run into, some of the trials and tribulations you're going to run into. I mean, you, 
back then there wasn't all the, the, the issues with uh, music on, you know, pay, you know your, your music's out there but you're not getting paid for it, but right. there, there still today are the issues of infighting in a band, the egos, uh, to, a cent, to, a, to a certain point drugs. Yeah. Uh, you know, music industry is littered with stories about that. Yeah. Trucks that break down, bad equipment, bad management. Mm -hmm. uh, record companies that sign you to a deal, you think, I'm there, and then suddenly the record company folds or hmm. they don't live up to their side of the, of the bargain. Yeah. So th that's one of the themes in the book, for sure. Do they talk about um, these uh, events in their lives with nostalgia, with a certain amount of nostalgia and a good feeling, or do they talk about it from this place of, um, I don't want to, bitterness is maybe a little bit too strong, but um, a place of just, it's not what we expected it to be. There are, there's some, there are some ill feelings in a lot of the brains of a lot of these people. Is that right? Oh you know, yeah, because I mean, for example, a band called The Rays uh, out of uh, Kitchener, Toronto area, uh, Robbie and Cheryl Ray, they had a song, this is an interesting So They had a song come out and it shoots up the charts. And I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was supposed to be 34. Or no, that, that wouldn't add up. Anyway, it was reversed. So when it oh. comes out, it's supposed to be like 23 and it's 32. So it lost a pile of uh, ground oh. on the charts. Right. And, it never and I guess money is tied to yeah. that, right? So, you How know, high you are on the charts. Basically, it was supposed to be like number 15. It was number 51. Right. By a, by a, a clerical error. Right. Uh, so, you know, you have bitterness about stuff like that. But you have, uh, I think Randy Bachman or any of these guys would, would, would have the, of, of the Guess Who and Bachman mm -hmm. Turner Overdrive would tell you that the same know. stuff. I would, know, I would definitely yes, know that group. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy. And um, yeah. just, uh, you know, you put your trust. I mean, John Fogarty, if you read his book yeah. of Creedence Clearwater Revival, yeah. that guy was, is massive. He got completely burned by his record company. Is that right? All Helps. the songs that he had out in the old days, like Susie Q and all, he didn't get any money. So to a, a, a microcosm story mm -hmm. in Canada, same sort of thing in a lot of cases. So is there bitterness? There is, but there's also some great memories of, of you know, some of these guys were, you know, they were stars. I mean, and maybe only in <laughs> Toronto, but some of them went on to LA and, and you know all around the world. And there are stories in the book about some great success, yeah. But also some some sad stories about bad deals. Bad deals. Yeah, eh? bad deals and yeah. You know, and and, and band infighting, like one band, the Last Words from Toronto. I think they went on to become Janis Joplin's backup group. Okay. Um, they wanted to go big in the states, and a couple of guys said, "No, nah, I'd rather I'm a I'm a daddy now. I'm staying home." So the band would break up. So. The head guy wanted to go somewhere, a couple other guys didn't, what are you going to do, right? right so right, there'd right. be a little bitterness over that too. Wow. Yeah. You know, it must have been, um, how did you feel listening to all these stories? I'm sure as many Privileged. of these people... Privileged. Yeah. Uh, how many people get a chance to talk to people who've, who've like Danny Dory, the Mamas and Papas? Yeah. Uh, the drummer for um, uh, Santana was a guy from London, Ontario. How many people get a chance to ha sit down and hear their stories? I was really happy to have been able to do that. Just yeah. turn on the tape recorder, let it go, and it's amazing stuff. Yeah. Well, you're capturing a moment in time. Yeah, that's you it. know, when you're sitting down with the yeah. with these individuals, I'm sure some of them were perhaps your idols, people that you oh, respected. They were. And yep. 
and yep. to be in their presence and to hear to their, yep. hear their stories. Were they were they forthcoming? Did you find because this is these kinds of these kinds of books? I mean, obviously you rely on the subject that you're that you're interviewing them being forthcoming with the information. Oh, so oh very much so. Because otherwise it becomes a very bland kind of dry read. At that point in '86 to '90 when we did the interviews and then updated them more recently, they were just you know turn on the tape and let them go. Only two two or three people didn't really want to talk. Yeah. You know, like Denny Doherty, I talked to him three times. Uh, Bobby Curtola three or four times. I remember that name. Uh, Les Bobby Emerson, Curtola. you know. Uh, yeah, Les Emerson you know, as have well. a beer with him the odd time. He'd tell me great stories about record royalties and and uh, just privileged and uh, yeah, th yeah. They, they all, no, no problem chatting for sure. Well, you're the scribe. Yep, In a way, you're, right. you're, you're the scribe of, yep. the, of the moment, capturing, capturing what is an important part of also Canadian history. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and actually, that, I, I agree with you that you know how you're how you position your books and the label that's attached to your book really has a great deal to do with how it's received and how it's perceived. Yeah, you know, and so this word trivia has has this connotation perhaps of being too easily dismissed. Yeah. It's not serious, a serious book. Not yeah. a seriously well, well, researched I gave book. a recent presentation. You, you thought you might want to talk a little bit about publicity. Yeah, I do actually <laughs> you know, I, because. You are a publicist, yep. and this is um, a whole big branch that I, I'm not sure we're going to have a lot of time for. But uh, publicity in this day and age, especially yep. for whether you're an established author or whether you're an up-and-coming author, yep. is something that they need to be aware well, of. So a prelude, please. a prelude to the discussion of that would be, uh, you know, I've written ten books now, co-written ten books, and you yep. sort of get hardened. I don't write a book now necessarily to. To, uh, just because there's a story that has to be told, it becomes economic. Like if I'm going to put a lot of time and I want to make some money, yes, you know, and you know, call me a capitalist, whatever. But <laughs> you know, I, I I've never, uh, you know, I've do. It's a labor of love, but I think you you deserve to be paid, yes, for your hard work, right? Right. So I'm so back up a sec here. I think if you're going to write a book, you got to be passionate about the topic. <laughs> you have to think that it's going to sell. I'm not going to write a book that's going to sell 50 copies. I mean, why would I? I'm not going to spend a year to make. To, I want to make some money. Um, pay Especially when it's so research intensive. Exactly. I, I can, I can exactly. get that. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so now, uh, so you've now got the book in hand, and you, the, the latest book, self-published. Uh, publicity is a real challenge. So my recent uh, talk to the Ottawa Independent Writers. I, I thought I would spend most of the night discussing. Uh, the, the new new publicity, internet and Facebook and all that stuff. But as a matter of fact, most of the publicity we've got for the new book has been traditional TV, radio, newspapers. Is that right? Yeah. Now, not that it's helping sell a lot of books. Right. But so you, I think you've got to do that. You've got to find a person like yourself, and you know, go to them with a very tight, uh, simple explanation about why. You, I should be on your show or in your paper or on your, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, on the uh, on the radio. Yes. A good pitch, good solid pitch. You know, that's uh, uh, having a good pitch in itself is yeah. um, is a work of art because knowing as the author sometimes you're you're too close to your words, you're too close to your and you're too close to the work. You're very attached to your words and you want to tell the world everything about it, thinking it's all about you, yeah. without necessarily understanding what's in it for yeah. the interviewer. Well, the simple an analogy I give about publicity is it's you're going fishing, right? You're going fishing. So here's I'd a like lake. Hear okay. Here's a lake. Yes. And here's you in the boat. So you have to yes. put good bait on the hook. But if you drop the bait where there's no fish, you're wasting your time. Yeah. So that's what a good publicist or a good author will do. They'll find out where the fish are and they'll drop the bait, the good bait, which is a good pitch, yeah. right where the fish are. And then you're going to bring a few into the boat. 
So what's good bait? What makes up good bait for? As a, I'm sure that there is there are very there are specifics that you okay, have to well, think good about. Bait. So what's good bait overall if somebody is looking to get onto okay. media? So the new book, um, uh, as the years go by, the, one of the, it's a hook. We call it yes. a hook and angle, right? It's it's Canada's 150th birthday now. Yep. So we thought this is a good book to to bring out. Music is a huge part of Canadian culture, so that's part of our hook. The other thing is, if you're pitching to Ottawa media, give them Ottawa stuff. Okay, right? that's Pitching a good to Edmonton media, give them Edmonton stuff. Because generally speaking, I've been turned down by a couple of radio stations, Hamilton, Ontario. There's nobody from Hamilton in the book. Well, they didn't read it, my pitch enough. Right. But there are Hamilton people in the book. So you've got to give them something that's, that's relevant to their audience. Right. The, to the market that you're in, obviously, because exactly. this is, yep. a, and so an internet would be a completely different ballgame, yeah. how, you, how you market yeah. on, on the internet. Yeah, and I wouldn't pitch this book about 50s and 60s, right. 70s music to a teen magazine, because they right. don't care, right? So, right, so you, you have know, to do your it's, research. It's pretty common, it's yeah. common sense, yeah. it's common sense. You know, what, what I do love um, about, the, as years go by, is that you, it's as if you, you're, you fo it's not as if, you have followed a passion as well. You know, obviously you love music. Um, it's something that you wrote a column about 25 years ago. And for me, um, following your passion and writing about what you're passionate about is an important part oh, of huge. being a writer. It's huge. Do you want to talk to me? We have uh, almost two minutes left. Okay, well, um, like what, you, what you know, I, I covered politics for three years at Parliament Hill. Yeah. I would not write a book about Brian Mulroney. I'm not passionate about it, but right. while I'm there at Parliament <laughs> Hill, and I covered GST and all that stuff and the right. arrival of G and free trade, um, Meech Lake Accord. While I'm there, I was doing this music column, and that was sort of a diversion for me. Yeah. From like I like politics, but I, I, I needed to get away from it. So, <laughs> you, uh, I, I love music. For example, yesterday I went to Value Village, yes. looking for a picture frame, yeah. and I found a, an album by uh, Lucille Starr, who did the song, the French song. I went home and I played it immediately, and I did some posting. Yes, Facebook I saw it. Stuff. Yeah. I saw it. So, I mean, you've got to love what you're writing about. You've got to yeah. get it in your teeth and not let go and just yes. forge on and, and don't stop. <laughs> and get, don't stop. Your passion's huge. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you so much. Would you believe that our time is actually wow. up? I do want to thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your passion, sharing your passion for trivia, for Canadiana, for all things that touch Canadian, are part of our common my Canadian you, you history. You my website on the... Yes. Yeah, so you there can buy our books at www.triviaguys.com or just find out more stuff about what we do. Terrific. Thanks so much again for coming my on pleasure. the show, Randy Thanks. Ray. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of The Author's Journey. Bye for now.